Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Ask a Professional radio show with Phelps Health. I am Kayla Marsala, hosting the show this morning. Today, we are talking with Steve Pantaleo, a certified application counselor with Enroll U, and Kevin McDonough, an oncology financial navigator at Phelps Health. Welcome to the show, guys. We are glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, before we get started on our topic for today, let's talk a little bit about what Enroll U is at Phelps Health. Sure. Let me take that one because I'm I'm the senior guy here, both in age and uh, experience in this department. Um, Enroll U started in the fall of 2013, and we initially were working under a grant from the Missouri Foundation for Health, and what we did was just help people with the Affordable Care Act insurance, the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Back then it was referred to as Obamacare. Um, and that's what we did for the first couple of years. And then in spring of 2016, um, I had talked to my boss uh, at the time and said, I believe we need to get certified and trained and licensed to do Medicare because I'm seeing a great number of our citizens, our own employees actually even, that are making improper choices of, about Medicare. Mm -hmm. And this is at a time in their life when they really can't afford a financial misstep. So then we started doing uh, Medicare and Affordable Care Act. And over time, the Affordable Care Act was the dominant thing we did, but now I, I don't have exact figures, but I'd say we probably do twice as much with Medicare as we do with the Affordable Care Act. And then uh, our department expanded a little bit. Um, when the Delbert Day Cancer Institute got started, I had talked to uh, Dr. Spencer and I said, you really need a person kind of like myself mm -hmm. over there on site. And in fact, I have just the guy in mind <laughs> This young man to my right here, Kevin McDonough, who, uh, just as a, a little bit of side note, when he first started there, I talked to some nurses, like, so how is this guy, you know? And they said, oh, you mean Kevin McMoney? <laughs> because he was helping patients save money, so that's, yeah. that's what they called him. So, and here we are today. Um, busier than ever. Yeah, well, Enroll You is such a great service for our community because so many people are affected by Medicare and, um, you know, have questions about insurance because it's so confusing. So um, are the services with Enroll You, do those cost patients money? Not a bit. They are entirely free and we are worth every penny of that. That is awesome. And then do you have to be a patient of Phelps Health? No, you do not. We generally, we say that we serve, uh, you know, the counties that the hospital serves. So. Mm -hmm. But I will say I have had people that I've helped who were patients of ours that maybe, you know, once they retire, they move down to the lake and they call and they're like a little intrepid. Oh, will you still help me? Yeah, mm -hmm. come on back. We'll help you. Because they are still seeing maybe some of their specialists, like an orthopedist or something mm -hmm. like that at our hospital. All right. Well, that is awesome. Um, so today we are actually going to be talking about Medicare and open enrollment. Um, so there are a lot of moving parts to Medicare. There's part A, B, C, D, and G. So could you kind of explain what each of those mean? Sure. Um, let me take that. Uh, part A, to start with that, when you um, first go on to Medicare, regardless of whether you're still working or whatever, you should get the part A. It's going to be free. There's no premium attached to it as long as you have worked at least 40 quarters in this country. Mm -hmm. um, and so part A is going to cover pretty much hospital things. But so it's your in-hospital stay. It could be hospice, uh, skilled nursing, home health, etc. Um, so again, with part A, there is not a uh, premium for most people, but there are deductibles. And we can maybe get into that a little bit later. Um, 
And then B is pretty much everything else, doctor services, uh, lab work that you'd have, pretty much like outpatient things, physical therapy, mm -hmm. uh, those sorts of things. Now, C, this, it gets a little more complicated here because there is something called Medicare Advantage. It's also referred to as Part C. This is where there's a lot of confusion for people because if you opt to have this Part C or Medicare Advantage, you are essentially getting out of A and B. Mm -hmm. That you almost just you should keep that card, put it in a safe deposit box or something, but you really don't need it because then you will have your commercial insurance through like United Healthcare, Humana, WellCare, etc. Mm -hmm. So now moving on to Part D. This is the only one that's kind of easy to remember. D for drugs. Okay. okay, and now a prescription plan. This is something that you can. It, it can maybe be attached as part of your Medicare Advantage plan, mm -hmm. or if you have A and B, you can get a separate Part D plan. Uh, so back to what you said earlier, Kayla, this is a pretty complicated subject. Yes. <laughs> so let me go on and finish with Plan G. Now, this is not actually a part, and a lot of people confuse this. They think that this is something the government is offering, just like their A and B. But a, a Plan G is is the most popular of the Medigap plans. And these plans are lettered A through N. Uh, they cover various aspects of the uh, potential out-of-pocket people would have. But G is now the most popular. Previously, F was. Some of our listeners may still have a plan F. You can keep it. Um, it covers literally every out-of-pocket expense probably that you could have, but they got to be very expensive. Okay. And so effective January 1st of 2020, if you were newly eligible after that date, you could not get get one of these plans. Now, an old guy like me or even this gentleman across from me, Lee, we could get one of those, because, but it's not the most cost-effective. Does that pretty much answer those questions for you? Yes, I think okay. so. So um, talking about costs, you kind of mentioned deductibles and how some of them can be kind of expensive. Um, so how much does Medicare cost? Sure. I can take this. You want to get that one? Yeah. So well, like what Steve was mentioning, so uh, Medicare Part A is free as long as you've paid in and worked 40 quarters in your life. Um, and Part B, that is where you'd have a premium every month. Uh, it'd be 164.90 as of 2023. Um, part C, which is the Medicare Advantage, that can kind of vary. So there could be sometimes a zero premium, but there would be an out-of-pocket cost with that plan. Um, and sometimes they have a small premium. Um, as of this year, we know um, the Medicare Part D plans started at about $6.80 and um, kind of went up from there. So um, are there programs available to help cover Medicare costs? Yes, so there's a, there's quite a few uh, Medicare savings programs um, with the Social Security Administration or Department of Family Support. Um, they are based on your income and sometimes your resources that you might you know have assets. So uh, an example would be um, LIS Extra Help with Social Security, and then um, the Missouri uh, Missouri Health Net also has programs such as uh, QMB and SLMB, which can actually help with those. Medicare uh, Part B premiums. Okay, well that's awesome. Can you kind of tell us what the difference between a premium, a deductible, a copayment, and a coinsurance with Medicare might be? Yes, so with uh, with Medicare, um, the premium, so Part A we would not have a premium. Mm -hmm. Part B we would have a premium of 164.90. Um, for the deductibles, that would be the amount um, that you have to pay 
before you can actually use the plan. So for Medicare Part A, it would be sixteen hundred um, th for this coming year, and then Part B is going to be two twenty six, which I believe it was two thirty three. So it's actually dropping a little bit. Um, the coinsurance, so Medicare um, Part A and B, if you have that set up, it's usually typically going to pay eighty percent of your bills, so that would leave the remaining co-insurance of 20% for the patient to pay. So um, we've kind of heard about Medicare and Medicaid, and somebody like me, I honestly have no idea what the difference is, so maybe some of our listeners are curious as well. Can you kind of tell me what the difference between those are? Sure. So with Medicare, it's for anyone over 65, or it can also be for someone younger than 65 that is disabled and dialysis patients. Medicaid is a program through the state that assists pro, um, low-income patients or, and their families to help with medical expenses. So if someone's on Medicare, they can actually also have Medicaid if they meet those income guidelines. So does Medicaid, does that, does that cost certain premiums? Typically not. Um, if you're over 65 and your income is over the threshold you could have mm -hmm. a spin down which is typical of like having a monthly premium okay um so how are medicare benefits changing in 2023 is there anything that our listeners may need to know whenever they head into open enrollment sure well as as uh kevin touched on the uh medicare part b premium has gone down actually mm -hmm. uh for 2022 it was 170 dollars and 10 cents so now it's dropped uh five dollars and 20 cents um and that was mainly because it had taken a huge jump in 2021. Previously, it was uh, in 2020, it was 148.50, and we had been told it would go up to 158.50, but instead it jumped to 170.10. The reason for that was there was a very expensive Alzheimer's drug approved. Uh, Medicare was going to cover it, but then they, the uh, drug company, cut the price in half. So we kind of asked CMS, "Why don't you lower?" Well, we, it's too late, but. We, we might do that in 2023. Well, we told people don't hold your breath, but it has happened before, I've, I've seen it. And uh, so sure enough, they did drop it. I'd say one of the biggest things that the listeners may wanna pay attention to, and that is in 2023, for the first time, there will be a cap on their insulin. So diabetic patients that uh, you know have been paying quite a bit for insulin, now it's gonna be capped at $35 a month. And that's whether that vial is uh, one that they drop in a syringe and inject or uh, like a, a pump. But now keep in mind, this is not those pens that are already preloaded. This is the vial that you would have to draw up yourself, uh, that type of thing. So this is a huge change. I just did a uh, presentation to the uh, diabetic group that uh, meets at our hospital once a month. and. Uh, they were all very happy to hear this. Yeah, that's amazing yeah. news because mm -hmm. yeah. I've heard that, you know, diabetic very medicine expensive. is so expensive. Yes. Yeah. And there, there's other components uh, that are uh, inside this uh, IRA Inflation Reduction Act that the uh, Biden administration has put out. Um, we just don't have time for me to go into all of them, but uh, stay tuned. Yeah, but good news. You're available news. to help people and, if, and after the show. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so can patients um, enroll in Medicare if they have a health savings account? They can if they have a health savings account, but then they must stop contributing to it. So if a young person, let's say like yourself, mm -hmm. um, you will have an option to choose a health savings account now as an employee of our hospital. 
And you can start contributing money to that, and it can be invested similar to what your 401k. Mm -hmm. And these can grow quite large. So if you stay in pretty good health, you don't have to draw this down very much. You can have, I've seen people with pretty large health savings accounts, and these are um, triple tax advantaged. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm, I won't go into all that, but there's great benefits. Once you retire or hit 65 Medicare, Medicare eligible, then you're not going to be still contributing to that HSA, but you can still have it and use the monies in there to pay for Medicare premiums, your mm -hmm. deductible, you know, whatever you might have. Okay. So um, for patients that are over age 65 but are still choosing to work, can they and should they still sign up for Medicare? They should sign up for Medicare. So let's take an example um, situation. Let's say like myself, I'm 68 years old, working at the hospital. When I turned 65, I got my Part A because mm -hmm. it's free. Yes. Now, because we have more than 20 employees at our uh, place of work, we can suspend the B. So I don't have to pay that 17010. I can suspend it. There will be no penalty for me. But I will need to, when my insurance through my employer terminates, then I would need to activate the B mm -hmm. if I didn't go on to another employer, etc. So they, they can and should do that in almost all cases. But now, let's say I have an employee of the hospital that comes to see me. And in most cases, I'll say, I'll explain everything to them and say, you know, we're going to solve a math problem here. Let's what, see what makes the most sense for you. And in most cases, I'd say, I don't have exact numbers, but 19 out of 20 times, just they'll stay with the hospital insurance. However, let's say we have somebody who sees a lot of specialists outside mm -hmm. of our area. Maybe they have to go to St. Louis or Columbia. Now, their expenses may get high enough that Medicare would be a better choice for them. Mm -hmm. And we, we lay out all the information. That's one of the reasons people do like to come to our department. We are neutral. We will give you the best information possible. Mm -hmm. You make the final decision as to what you want to do. So kind of going back to your example of somebody who is still working, um, can they have their employee insurance and also Part A Medicare? Can they keep them both? They absolutely can and should have that. Okay. Now, let's talk about employers that have less than 20 employees. Okay. Now, they must get A and B both mm -hmm. because in their case, their insurance plan through their employer is going to be secondary. Medicare will be primary and they'll be secondary. Ours is the inverse at the hospital okay. because we have over 20 employees, obviously, 100 times that amount. Um, we are going to be uh, primary, and then Medicare will be secondary. Okay. Can you kind of explain um, what you mean by primary and secondary? Which one's going to be having to pay first? Okay. Okay. So um, will Medicare coverage follow a person if they move out of state? Yes, so um, as long as somebody has a traditional Medicare setup like A, B, and D that we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. um, that setup, that could follow them out of state. If they have a Plan C or a Medicare Advantage, that's when they would probably need to look for something else that would be um, more relevant for where they're going to live. Mm -hmm. So um, the Medicare, is it the same in every state? No, so... Um, as far as like the Medicare Advantage plans out there, mm -hmm. there can be a lot of different options depending on what county you're living in and state. Okay. 
Okay. So this next question kind of goes back to the Medicare and Medicaid. Can you be enrolled in both of those at the same time? Yes, yes, you can. So um, as Steve was saying earlier too, so in that case, your Medicare would be your primary. And if you qualified for Medicaid, that could actually be your supplement or secondary insurance. Okay. So what about, and this is just kind of a personal question because I'm curious, what about um, if you have health insurance through your place of work, can you have Medicare, Medicaid, and your insurance through your place of work? Um, well, no, you can't have that because um, most likely you're not going to qualify for okay. Medicaid if you're working due to your income guidelines. So in that case, you would probably just have Medicare in your employer work okay. insurance. So let's kind of jump into open enrollment. Can you kind of explain to me what open enrollment is? So it's from October 15th to December 7th, um, and that is approaching us here in the next few days. So you can, um, that's when you can join, switch, or drop your Medicare plan. So if you had original Medicare, you could go to a, uh, a Medicare Advantage plan. You could switch your Medicare Advantage plans, or um, you could actually go back to original Medicare, you know, drop your Medicare Advantage plan and go back to original Medicare. Okay, so should um, a patient's spouse and them have the same plans? When it comes to Medicare? Um, not necessarily because, um, I mean, each of them should really shop individually um, based on their needs, you know, what medications they're taking or what kind of health issues they might have or how much they think they're going to use the insurance. So I would say that um, the best thing for them to do would just shop on what's right for them mm -hmm. and, um, you know, what meets their needs. So when it comes to Medicare and spouses, is it different from if you have insurance through your place of work? Do they have their own separate plans? It's not a plan together? Well, just maybe a little further clarification first. And that is frequently what I'll see is, let's say I have a couple and they come in and uh, now they're both going to be on Medicare in this example. Um, typically, they will choose the same Medigap or supplement. So they both get the same plan G. Where the big difference always comes in are the prescription plans, the Part mm -hmm. D. Because uh, maybe it happened once where both the husband and wife were on exactly the same medications. But typically, <laughs> they are not. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think it's happened once um, in these years. So, uh, and, and Part D is going to be very straightforward as to how uh, we arrive at which plan they should get. And so let me explain that. What we would do is someone comes in with a list of their medications. Mm -hmm. And so they tell me I'm, you know, taking Lipitor, I'm on lisinopril, uh, crushed, they give me all the different meds. We put them into the uh, Medicare.gov software program, and it's going to come back and rank the plans. Let's say in this past year there were 22 plans. Uh, it's going to rank them 1 through 22, 1 being the one that is going to be the most affordable with their, based on the medications, the dosage, frequency that they take them, etc., um, so it's pretty much like out of my hands. I don't help. I mean, even themselves, they're not deciding. Mm -hmm. The program's really telling them, you ought to get this plan. So, you know, if we could train a monkey to input the information, <laughs> they'd get the same results as I. <laughs> so when somebody does come into your office and they want assistance with open enrollment, getting their insurance and all of that, what should they bring with them to their appointment with you? Sure. Um, well, for a Medicare, they're going to want to bring their red, white, and blue Medicare card. Um, and they want then a list of their medications. Mm -hmm. Those are the main two things that we're going to need um, to help them. 
Okay. So, um, if somebody already has a health insurance coverage, will they just automatically be covered next year or do they always have to re-enroll during open enrollment? They don't have to re-enroll. Um, when it comes, let me expand on that a little bit. When it comes to the Part D, the prescription plan, I mm -hmm. absolutely recommend they come in every year. Okay. So again, that's October 15th to December 7th because it's gonna give them an opportunity. Let's say their medications have changed through the years, mm -hmm. through the year, that year. Um, that's number one. Number two, maybe there's a new plan available that wasn't available previously. Number three would be uh, possibly the formulary of the plan that they have changed. Maybe one of their drugs that was on um, tier one, they moved it to a tier two, which has a higher out-of-pocket cost for them. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to the plan G, that Medigap plan, uh, very few people know this when I talk to them or when I give a presentation to a large group, and that is Missouri has a law, it's referred to as the anniversary law, mm -hmm. a rule, an anniversary rule. Not many states have this. They have something similar called a birthday rule, but there's only about mm, six or seven states that have this. And what it states is every year when you get a plan, let's say you got it in uh, the month of May, mm -hmm. 30 days before and 30 days after your anniversary date, you can look at another company's plan, plan G, same plan, mm -hmm. and if it's cheaper, you can change to them, regardless of your health. You have a guaranteed issue period. Now, this is very important. I have people that are in their 70s, and they say, I just can't afford these premiums anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, well, have you shopped around? Well, no. I, somebody told me I had to stick with this one. Well... We go to look, and you can save these people $50, $60 a month, wow. which is a significant amount of money for people on a fixed income. Yeah. And uh, they absolutely should take advantage of that. But generally speaking, a plan G is a plan G is a plan G. And what I mean by that is there can be no difference from one company to another. Mm -hmm. This is set forth. These benefits are set by Congress. In fact, it takes, well, the, the House and the Senate. I mean, the Senate and the House both have to vote to make any changes. Mm -hmm. Whereas with your Medicare Advantage plans, they have to follow basic guidelines, but they can make their own rules. They can say, we had this a few years ago, several companies just pulled out of this area. Mm -hmm. They weren't covering Phelps County anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. So kind of going back to somebody maybe not being able to afford their insurance premium anymore, can they change it outside of open enrollment or are you only allowed to change during open enrollment? Well, let me clarify. During open enrollment, there's only, you're, you're basically going to be able to change your Part D prescription plan mm -hmm. or like if you have a Medicare Advantage plan. It's open enrollment for that. It is not for your Plan G or your Medi, let's say, or Plan N, any of the Medigap plans. Mm -hmm. The only time you're going to change those are that anniversary rule 30 days before okay and then 30 days after okay well we are running out of time today so before we wrap up today um can you let our listeners know how they can schedule an appointment with you if they would like help signing up during open enrollment sure best way is to call 573-458-3676 again the 573-458-3676 Awesome. Well, today we've been speaking with Steve Pantaleo, a certified application counselor with Enroll U, and Kevin McDonough, an oncology financial navigator at Phelps Health. Thank you both for being here. I have learned a lot myself. I hope our listeners have as well.
Thank you for having us. Thank you. If you missed part of the show or if you would like to listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org.